I have experienced in-home care for my mother who was young. She had this cancer of the abdominal lining and at some point, you know, she couldn't get out of bed. And then we also, my grandfather lived to be 93 or 94 and he was not that excited about the idea of care in his home either. However, he had a fall, and I'm sure this is a familiar story for yes. all of you. <laughs> he had a fall, he hit his head on an open cabinet on the way down. He was unloading the dishwasher at eight o'clock at night. And head wounds bleed, so you know, the neighbor comes over and it looks like CSI. And he was actually pretty okay, right? I mean, except for cutting his head. Uh, it turned out his blood pressure was too low. And he ended up with a pacemaker, and after staying in the hospital for a week at 90, they sent him to a rehab facility that I don't need to name. And he didn't really like being there, it turns out. And he kept saying, you got to get me out of here. <laughs> and we had talked about care at home for things like a fall. I mean, we had the lifeline. Is that what it's called? Where you wear it around your neck, except he'd stick it in his pocket or on the table. And... I said, okay, I can get you out if you'll agree to care in your home. And then we left the rehab facility, I guess it's called against doctor's orders or against, against medical advice. Against medical advice. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. <laughs> um, but it's funny as we've been interviewing so many different and varied kinds of businesses, what life experience and commonalities come up. Right. In a way, at the end of the day, we all have relatives and uh, experiences with our family as, as caregivers or caregiving. For the Marin Council of Chambers, I'm Stephanie Plant, and this is We Are One Marin. Those were my comments from before we began our interview with the three nurses who own Aid Life Home Care in San Rafael. We don't usually start our episodes with me talking, but that quote, getting to know you chat, was a good example of the personal stories and experiences many of us have with caring for our relatives. We learned as we spent more time with Patricia Ursua, Jocelyn Cruz, and Kenneth Legayu that caregiving gets easier if you see things the aid life way, where everyone is family. Join us in conversation about home health care, friendship, and the hardships that come along the way as we support how Marin works. Hello, my name is Patricia Ursua, and I'm one of the owners together with Jocelyn and Kenneth of A Life Home Care. Um, I'm also a registered nurse by profession, so um, I like pretty much helping people um, both in the clinical setting and at their homes, which is one of our motivators and why we came up with this business in the first place. Thank you all for being here today. I, I don't know which one of you is the boss, <laughs> but but how are you all here? And <laughs> nobody's at the shop. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Kenny point at Jocelyn. Yeah, uh, so I'm the administrator of Aid Life, and they're the care service manager. Jocelyn, before we go on, I just want to, I should have given you all this little talk before we started, but my right hand, she's actually my right hand and my left hand, Kalina is not here today, she's sick. I want to help that microphone, that microphone's not really pointed at you very well, let's do this, okay. and then I didn't tell you all this, but the other thing, the only other trick is, uh, and none of you are really doing it, but don't play with it. We, we, it's super tempting to like tap it, play with the cord, and then everybody listening gets to hear that. And they, I don't think people like that. <laughs> so, 
Um, sorry about that. I just want to make sure that everybody can hear you. Um, tell me about the name of the business. Where did, where did you come up with the name? So, um, it was in our house and we're just throwing out like, what do we want to be look like? Do we want to help? And then we kept throwing words that would match with our culture. So we come up with aid as help or support. And then, you know, it's not only the seniors. There's family that has injuries, you know, and then we want to help them. So we don't want to just name it as seniors, you know. So we, we come up with the word aid life to support life, to support whoever needs help. Jocelyn just said we were at our home. Tell me about that, Patricia. Do you all live together? No. So um, Jocelyn um, lives in Vallejo, and that's where we started everything. Um, even before the office here in San Rafael, we started um, as a home business. Home base. Yeah, yeah. home based business. So, um, you know, funds, they come as we go. We don't have a huge amount right away. So we want to limit our expenses. And, and it started home, humble beginnings. So you were all friends. And if I'm not mistaken, why don't you just tell me, where did you meet? Um, we're nursing school classmates. Um, we attended California State University East Bay in Hayward, and that's where we met. Where and we buddies. Met. And <laughs> buddies. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> Patricia worked as a home care aide before, so she's throwing out her experiences. And then, you know, the idea sparked, like, you know, why, why we don't create a, a company um, that would help this community, you know, improve the quality of care for seniors. And that's why we started uh, A-Life. And was it senior care that sort of drove you to start the business? Yes. So I think um, I opened up to them my experience with several home care agencies. And I've noticed the downside of what's happening, how um, clients are, and also the caregivers, which I am. So I opened up to them um, how clients and employees are treated. So for our business, Aid Life Home Care, we want to make that difference. And we want to be able to provide quality care to the clients while also treating our employees right. Can you talk a little bit about what you saw? You mentioned that you saw that the clients might, or the agency might be cheated. Can you, can you expand on that a little bit? Based on what I saw is when employees or caregivers are sent to homes, um, after a while they're just, you know, thrown out there. Um, while for our agency we, we pride how we put our caregivers in houses. So we want to match the care and we also want to make sure that our employees are prepared. So how we do it is we do a walkthrough for each client on their first day. So it's just a safety matter for both the client and the employee um, and how they're ready. So um, all three of us, we do our assessments for our clients. So we know their preferences, all their wants and needs, what their house rules are. So we make a very detailed note on um, what their preferences are. So we know that. Mm -hmm. So that when we get our employees and we match them with their clients, we know what they need and we're ready. We're not just throwing them out there and, you know, care for this for the sake of, of money. So what we like to do is um, walk them through the first day. So on our own time, like on top of everything else, managing the business, we go there hours 
you know, to train our employees. Mm. So we want our skills to be done uh, on a safe manner, on a standard manner. The aid life way. The aid life way. <laughs> sure. Well, I, yeah, right. You want to sell a standard of care. Correct. I like that. Yeah. The aid life way. So that's the time we make sure that it was done properly. And then we monitor our caregivers are um, under uh, one of our care service manager, which is nurses, either me or Kenny or Patricia. And then any issues, we handled it. So we're very hands-on owners. We make sure we know our clients. We make sure uh, they know us. They could come to us if they have issues, you know, whether it's a care or they have some concerns. You know, we make sure we attend to it. And um, your previous questions also, we come up with a business not only because we're in a nursing school or because we just met each other. It goes beyond that. Like for Patricia, she had an experience in home care. Mm-hmm. For me, it's, it's something personal. Mm. It's connected with my mom, like you said earlier, like family, right? So I came in here. I left my mom in the Philippines. Mm. As a Filipino, we always take care of our elders. Mm-hmm. That's who we are. And I serve in the military. So it's, it's very difficult for me to go back home and take care of my mother. So I'm split, right? I have to serve my country. And I have a mother that I left behind. Mm. And so I understand how difficult it is for family members that even if you really wanted to take care of your family, sometimes you have so much in your plate. And you can't do it all, right? And you need some support. I wanted to be that person for them, you know, to help them, to make sure that they could feel that their family is safe, that their family is being taken care of like their own, like their own family, you know. So that's also one of the culture that I want to bring in our company, eLife. We just don't go there and treat them like a business. The seniors is like a business, no. We want to go there in their home and know that we will take care of them. I even have one, one client that told me, are you really a business person? Oh, because we have to find ways to help him. Mm. Because nobody, no agency is going to accept him. Mm. Because he cannot meet the rates. Mm. You, you see your clients as an extension of your family. Exactly. That's beautiful. You I mean, know. you're making my eyes well up with tears. I, I can see it on your face, too. It's, yeah. uh, the emotion is really, it's overwhelming. That's beautiful. I can't imagine what it must be like to feel like you want to be there for your mom and you're here and that compassion also I know sometimes we are here and our parents or grandparents are here and we can't do it for other reasons we have kids or or maybe the relationship's not good enough we can't do it and it seems like you're providing an opportunity of no judgment which uh, is also so important because I think people feel guilty when they can't Mm -hmm. when they have to get help but sometimes that help Right, it, it creates a better relationship among the family members, right? Yes, definitely. And uh, I know, Kenny, you mentioned you immigrated from the Philippines. Were you all born there or here? We're all born yeah. in the Philippines. <laughs> You're all born there in the Philippines, wow. We're I, all immigrants. <laughs> did, you, did you have anything to say about how that's been for you? Well, it's challenging coming out in a third world country as of now. Mm-hmm. You know, coming up here, um, America is... The image of America in the Philippines is gray. Like, you know, 
um, everything is possible, you know, a full life of opportunity. So that one got me excited. Um, I came here in the United States um, because my grandfather was a veteran also. Mm. So he petitioned my dad to come here. Hmm. And then that's where all got started. Then when I got here, it's very eye-opening at first because we really don't know anyone in United States, especially California. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know about the cost of living and all that and all the other factors that affects life Ooh, of people so here. So from the Philippines, <laughs> you came directly to to California? Correct, yeah. Wow. So the only picture I have of America is the American dream that they've been, you know, in the, in the media. And then when I got here, it looks kind of different, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not the same ideal... Um, image that you see back home when you're living here. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry. It's okay. It's okay. These are emotional, hard subjects, and I am always humbled by the honesty of the people I'm lucky enough to interview. If you need a minute, we can talk about something else. Sure. Okay. (laughs) I was going to say that my husband uh, was in the Peace Corps in the Philippines for three years, and I asked him this morning what I might say, and uh, I think what I say is magandang omaga? Yeah. (laughs) Is that right? Good Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, see it. <laughs> oh, it sounds better when you say it. You did great. Well, thanks. Thank you. I know a little bit about the culture from from his time there and the gifts that he was treated to from living way outside of Manila in the rice terraces. I mean, a very tribal area. This was in the late 1980s, but he got so much from his experience and such an understanding of of those family ties that you all speak about. My mom's family is Italian and I grew up in a the Italian family culture. I mean, some of my friends, you know, they still live next door to their parents. I think that's a common in many different countries, but I think one of the things about the United States or California is that you can replicate that here. And you find your people. Mm-hmm. And it seems, Kenny, mm-hmm. like you found your people. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, but it also seems like there are some hard <clears throat> things about coming to the United States, maybe. Yeah, sorry. I got don't be um, sorry. emotional there for a second. So, yeah, coming here in the United States, um, you really don't know what's in store for you. Because there's no relative, there's no one to, to guide you on the first year. So it's kind of rough at the beginning. How old were you? Uh, 21. So we um, migrated here, and then we don't know the resources that are available for immigrants, um, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And there's no relative really here that knows everything about those resources. It wasn't like you had somebody who had lived here waiting Correct. for to guide yeah, you. Yeah, and then yeah. To, to adopt us or something right. like that. Yeah, right. so we don't have that um, support mm. when we move here. So we've been renting houses, uh, rooms to be exact, because mm. you know how expensive... Um, housing could be in California, especially in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just navigating the system, going to, you know, education, health, finance. We don't have that support. So we kind of like, you know, just struggle through it and then go day by day asking people that we, we met as we uh, mm. you know, have a long stay here in California. So that, And then eventually, 
we we made contacts with people that were able to guide us and help us along the way and here we are now <laughs> mm. and are your relatives still <clears throat> here my grandpa just passed mm. away two years ago and then recently my grandma just uh, mm. passed away just to try to make you cry a little yeah. more i'm sorry <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> and your parents are here? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think that impacts your relationship with each other? Um, as we support each other in the business sense, we're always there for each other, like to back up each other, you know, be a support in every way. Since, you know, we have had our own struggles, both at home, in the business, but most, most especially our personal the personal um, stuff we go through, mm -hmm. um, similar to what Kenny was saying, it's more of the resources that were available for us that we didn't know. We were we were like a blank slate coming to the U.S. pretty much with um, Johnson's experience with the um, military. She did all of that, you know, to to push through and be able to have um, what she has now. Um, to provide for her family, same with Kenneth, working um, towards nursing school, um, which I do too, the struggle of doing everything on my own, all the resources that I need. How old were you when you moved here? I was, I think I was 18. And Jocelyn, did yeah. you come right to the States when you joined? I was 29 when I came in here. 29 and you went right to the I, army. Yes, I joined the army right away. With three guests and no Kalina, there wasn't much time for me to talk about Jocelyn's years in the service. So I followed up with her on the phone. Hello, good afternoon. Hi, Jocelyn, it's Stephanie, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's cold. <laughs> it is cold. I'm glad that we're making a little bit of extra time. Um, yeah. What part of the military were you in? Um, I was in the um, Army. And how long did you serve? Uh, I served uh, a very short service um, due to uh, medical reasons, but the hard part is the transition, I guess, to civilian life when you get out of the Army. Can you tell me a little bit about that transition for you? When you get out, it's it's hard because you feel like that's not your world, the civilian world. It's it's, it's not you. So it took a while for me to be able to adjust myself. And then, you know, um, I just keep thinking about like how I'm gonna how I'm gonna how I'm gonna live without the army. Because it's already like in your system, your day-to-day. -day. When you wake up, when you end your day in the military, it's, it's the same. And then now you're going out and um, you don't know if people can understand you. So the transition is very hard. But in my head, I just focus on I shouldn't waste all my benefits. So that's why I went to nursing and with the hopes that when I finish, I will be able to take care of the veterans and you know, my brothers and sisters in, at arms. Did the Army help pay for your education? Is that what you mean about your benefits? Yes. Um, so uh, when I get out of the 
army, I transitioned to Veterans Affairs and they provided me with educational benefits. And I used that to pay for college for the nursing program. I see. And is there something that you might like to say about that? I mean, um, I'm happy to serve my country. Technically, not by birth, but it accepted me and, you know, it gave me a bigger opportunity to serve and protect. And until I get out, if I cannot, you know, protect them as a army, as a soldier, at least I could, you know, help those soldiers that are doing their job, you know. And I've seen a lot of uh, veterans that needed help too. And Jocelyn, since we're taking a little extra time to dive a little deeper into the, the service that you gave to a country that isn't your country by birth, thank you again for that service. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, i just like to encourage the veterans, if they needed help, if you're a military, sometimes it's hard to ask help because you're, you're used to be tough and, you know, you're a soldier, you can do it, right? But for my brothers and sisters, if you need help, don't deprive yourself from, from that help. Ask help. And aid life is, is here. If you need um, home care assistance or anything that we could um, help you at home to stay safe. And um, if you don't know the process on how to do it um, with the Veterans affair. Just contact us and, you know, we'll, we'll help you out. Jocelyn, you talked about the transition to civilian life when you mm-hmm. left the Army. Where did you go to get help? Um, so I'm medical discharge, so the process is um, a little different. I just uh, try to navigate, like, uh, the benefits that I could acquire, for example, the educational benefits. And then I was able to have a person to assist me to connect with school. And then uh, the school has its own uh, veterans community as well. So that's what I did when I get out. And, you know, I I could still feel like I have some people that I could, uh, that could understand me. And then from there, you know, I start slowly to be social and communicate with the civilians. What about emotional support? Where did you go for that? I called my family in the Philippines. And then um, I met Kenny and Patricia in school. And, you know, they become a, a big moral support for me. Like uh, Kenny and Patricia, they've been really there for me. Like if I'm, if I'm feeling so low, they're able to be there and take care of me too, you know. And how's the emotional support network for you? today today it was big difference because now i'm a mother of a two years old she's my everything and i have my husband beside me so i have a stronger uh, support system compared like five years ago the life is way better now because i have more direction like the company and being a nurse and being a mom. I mean, life is good. How do you three get along at work? <laughs> it thinks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> now 
that's honesty. <laughs> I like that, no, Kenny. N- not one company has only, you know, smooth sailing, sailing course. You know, there's ups and downs, roller coasters. There are discussions that we um, have different opinions on. Of course. But at the end of the day, you know, we try to, you know, compromise is the word, I think. You know, trying to validate each other's reasoning for the business decisions that we're making. And they are trying to come up with a... Um, a solution that we can uh, both at least tolerate <laughs> and also possible for the business. Yeah, so I think that's one thing that we are really good at. So we communicate every single detail that we do because we have different um, functions and roles in the company. And I think our communication is the key for us to, you know, um, spiral this um, business and hopefully make it more successful. Yeah. <laughs> what um, challenges have you encountered that you did not anticipate? <laughs> wow, I stumped them. <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> no, because um, I'm pretty sure we have a lot finances wise and, you know, but not all businesses um, run smoothly. But one good thing about us being Filipinos <laughs> and being like uh, sisters and brothers here, we try to overcome it we just hang on to each other throws ideas like how can we resolve this you know even if our ideas are different Mm -hmm. we try to come up a really good solution all the time yeah and the fun fact for for all of us we actually started saving out five dollars each month from nursing school to get the funds enough fun we need to establish the the business so five (laughs) dollars each Would you put it in a jar or something? In a bank. Uh, no, we have a joint. You st- oh, you opened a bank account and you literally fifteen dollars a month. And when you're not, every people has that trust in other each, people. Each yes. other. Because there's always risk that one would, you know. <laughs> so when did you start the business? What year? Twenty. Twenty twenty. You yeah, right did. After pandemic. Oh, what a great yeah. time! Twenty <laughs> twenty. Yeah. And so were you able to go into people's homes right away? No, because of the pandemic. Right. right. Yeah, it's so, so much more difficult than opening a business when everything is open. And if you had done it in 2019. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so how long did you have that bank account before you opened the business? Oh, it w- we're still students. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think since 20, 2018. Yeah. So yeah. a couple of years. A couple of years, yes. And you, you probably saved a little nest egg. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> and we still have that account up to this date. <laughs> oh, and so... Did you spend it? Uh, we're you spending still, it wisely. <laughs> we we used it in um, registering the business and all those things. Like to get yes. a business license and mm-hmm. things yes. like that. I love that. Uh, Stephanie? Yes. We mentioned um, we started 2020, but, but we're not able to deliver service right away, right? Right. And it's difficult <laughs> because at that time, it's the peak of the COVID. It also, being Asian, is, is it's difficult. You know, um, that time Asians receive a lot of hate. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So there's a like a, a a fear for safety, and then also like, are we gonna be accepted in the community? So it's it's really hard for the three of us. Me, Kenny, and Patricia to to really navigate the community during COVID. 
we were like, how 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 are we gonna deal with this? You know, um, will the community be be accepting if they if they know that the owners are Asians, or they gonna avoid us because of this COVID? You know, they might be more concerned of their safety, and then we also fear for our caregivers. You know, mm-hmm. um, so the company starts really a a rocky road. I haven't experienced at all what you've experienced, but I, I do hear what you're saying, and um, I appreciate that you're willing to say it. Part of the reason that we wanted to start having a forum through this podcast was for just this reason. You know, it's important to expose our listeners to all different types of businesses in the county, but it's also important to expose our listeners to the issues that business owners face. And different business owners are facing different issues simply because of their background, their ethnicity, and that you experienced that prejudice during COVID simply for being Asian that's a real obstacle. And it, it just adds to the the element of what a survivor you are and your business partners are. Yeah, it's it's a struggle at first, uh, first one to one year and a half because we have to create a policy that will follow the the, the law and the COVID protocols to, too, right? And they kept COVID changing. Protocol. But then also we have to create a policy that would protect not only our clients, but also our caregivers. And did you feel like because they were Asian that you had to have extra rules in place? Yes, yes, definitely. And then we have to do the assessments ourselves just to also assess the environment. Mm When we say we care, we're not only pertaining to our clients, but also our caregivers, you know. That's our caregivers is also our family. So we gotta make sure is the environment that they're gonna be working is accepting or is there people around the area that, that could harm them. There's so many things that we have to be consider when we're providing care. It's not only, you know, just the delivery of the service, but also we have to make sure the safety of everybody. And that's not a small word. It's safety on uh, multiple levels is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Mm. As fun as it was when we had all three of us together in the room, I I am learning that um, even though we made a connection that day, that a one-on-one conversation can can maybe alleviate some fear and build a little deeper connection. Thank you. We're, we're grateful for, for Marin and for Chambers because joining the Chambers uh, mixers, um, mm. we get to feel the, the business and the, the community side. Marin is majority white, but we felt welcome. So That's great. And we feel like we're accept- accepted as an Asian business owners. So we're like, you know what? This is this is our home. You know, we could start our, our home here. I mean, yes. We are yes. really, really working on the mission. We are one Marin. We're really working to try to make that true. It is. I just want to uh, attest to that. You guys are 
uh, really supportive. And then uh, meet, we meet our clients also in Marin. They're very uh, accepting and, you know, they're, they welcome us. So we're really happy to be part of Marin. I'm glad, Jocelyn. Speaking of things that, you know, may have been hard, Kenny, you talked about your experience moving from the Philippines. I know that's it seems very emotional. Um, Kalina, who is not only, I told you, my right hand and my left hand, she also does a, good, a lot of good research. I know she interviewed you all a little bit on the telephone. Yeah. And she mentioned that um, you identify as gay and that you maybe mm-hmm. you would be willing to talk about that a little bit. We are always interested in minority-owned businesses, and I define that minority to include a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wondered if, if you've had any positive or negative ramifications from that. Um, definitely there's a lot of positive, but also negative. Mm. Um, I don't know if everyone knows about um, being gay in the Philippines is much different from being, you know, out in the community like in California where there's a bubble and, you know, a safety net for LGBT. Because um, a little bit of background in the Philippines Please. when it's majority of them are um, Christian Catholic. Mm. And yes. And LGBT is not that, you know, um, supported mm-hmm. in the Philippines. There's a lot of um, slashback for um, being gay. A lot of people um, get bullied. And then mm. that's why a lot of gay in the Philippines, you know, are closeted. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not out and, you know, be, being proud of who they are. It doesn't and, always line up with the religious correct. beliefs, right? Yeah, and, so. and there are other aspects of culture also that, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't support the gay community. Um, moving here, that's also one of the reasons why I wanted to move to be free <laughs> and happy, as cliche as it sounds like. But it doesn't yeah. sound cliche, <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, so that's I'm one sorry thing. that you couldn't <laughs> have that at home. Yeah. But I think uh, things are getting better now since a lot of um, gay people are standing up for their rights way back home. And I totally support that um, movement for them and I wish them luck. But anyway, moving. (laughs) I'm I'm digressing, sorry. No, no. So yeah, coming here, um, I feel like it's more open Mm -hmm. to being gay. So I, I was able to, you know, move freely, not thinking about if I am, you know, moving or acting the right way free of judgment mm-hmm. yeah so you found this area to be accepting correct that's wonderful and i love that about <laughs> yeah about it i i do too i do too let's see salamat po yes <laughs> salamat <laughs> salamat that was thank you right yes thank you <laughs> Well, it's just been a pleasure. I, I, I look forward to seeing you all in San Rafael more often. Thank, Thank you. you. If someone wants to reach you, what's the best way? So the best way to reach us is give us a call. Mm. Um, our phone number is 707-641-6006. And all of us, Jocelyn, Kenny, and myself, are, have access to that. So we'll answer at any time of the day. We don't have a stop clock at 5 p.m. where we don't answer phones will answer it um, any time of the day um, you can also check our website www.aidlifehomecare.com which and has more of our details there and we are also in facebook <laughs> yes <laughs> all social media like our, uh, and follow our facebook page and instagram page aid life home care and you should be able to reach us there Thank you all very much. Thank you so much for for having having us. Thank you.
You just heard all the ways to reach Aid Life, but we also invite you to reach out to us. Join the conversation. How about calling us with your ideas or thoughts on our episodes? We will take those calls at 415-847-2539. That's 847-2539. Or send us an email to weareonemarinpodcast at gmail.com. We hope to hear from you. The Marin Community Foundation generously sponsors this podcast. Our theme music is performed by a student at Enriching Lives Through Music. Elm is in San Rafael's Canal Neighborhood. Finally, a reminder to support diverse local businesses and shop Marin.